Father in heaven, thank you so much for the miracle of technology. We pray now that as we open your word, your spirit would be with us and lead us into all truth. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. This is Pastor Sergio. I want to welcome you to the Richland Church Online Worship Service. All right, I want to start this morning uh, with some Bible texts. So they'll be up on the screen for you. Uh, the first one is found in John chapter 14, beginning in verse 16. And it's Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says these words. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he will be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. This is what Jesus says. He says, He will be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept Him because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know Him. See, the world does not see Him. It does not know Him. But you know Him because He lives with you and He will be with you. He lives with you now in the present and He will be with you in the future. That's what this verse says. It's an amazing verse. I love this verse. I love what it says. This, the second verse that I want to share with you is found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. And this is Jesus right before he's about ready to leave his disciples. He's about to ascend, and he's not going to see them ever again. And this is what he says to them. He says in uh, verse 19, he says, So go and make followers of all people in the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, Teach them to obey everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you always, even until the end of this age. In other words, even today, he is here. Now, we don't see him, but the Bible says that he said, I would be with you always, but we don't get to see him. Why is this important today as we're talking about this? You know, when I was a little boy in Italy growing up in Naples, my mom would always share with me about the gypsies. The gypsies uh, were all over Naples back in those days, and they would steal little boys and girls. At least that's what my mom would tell me. And uh, one day, I'll never forget this, it was getting dark, and my mom needed to get milk, and she was, of course, in charge of my other brothers and sister, too, and, and she wanted somebody to go get the milk, and she said, look, Sergio, I need you to go to the corner market and get some milk. And I said, all by myself? And she said, yes, but I'm going to stand on the balcony and I'm going to watch you the whole way through. I said, but mama, how about the, the, the gypsies? And she said, don't worry, I will be with you. My eyes are going to be with you always. And I remember going there and I was afraid, but I remember having this kind of level of courage and assurance that my mama was going to see me through the whole way through. And I remember going into that store, getting the milk, looking around, making sure there were no gypsies. I don't know what my little mind was thinking, but I had this assurance that Mama was there looking for me, seeing me, watching over me this whole time. Now, why am I sharing this? Because I believe that as believers through the centuries, we've been practicing a relationship with someone we cannot see or hear for a long time. And as we're talking about this thing called social distancing. I think we've been practicing for this for a long time. We just have never thought about it from this perspective. In fact, this whole series that we've been talking about, that we're wrapping up today, called By Faith, started off with these verse, this verse that says, now faith 
is confident in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for, assurance of what we do not see. I got to tell you, I miss you guys. I miss seeing you guys. I miss coming to church and giving you a hug and, and giving you a handshake. But I know you're there. I know you're there because I have faith that you're there. Not only that, but we live in this great world where we get to text each other, call each other, email each other. We even have this thing called Zoom that is unbelievable. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So here's what I, I'm here to share with you today. I believe that what we're going to read today is going to share with us, show us something, and that is this. We are no different than those ancients that lived by faith before us. We are the same. We are the same. We have the same weaknesses. We have the same faults. We have the same brokennesses. But somehow they made it through, and I believe we will make it through. As we live by faith during these deviant, unstable times, we too will be honored by God. We too will be commended by him. We are still, I believe this with all my heart, we are still the hope of the world. I love what Ram Emanuel said. He was the former mayor of Chicago. He said, never let a serious crisis go to waste. <laughs> I believe that with all my heart. I think, I think this is a serious crisis. And I think there's some amazing people right now behind the scenes that are saying, hey, let's maximize this crisis. Let's not let it go to waste. Let's do something amazing with it. Let me read to you Hebrews 11, verses 33 to 34, and then we'll kind of get to where I'm going with all this. It says this, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. You remember this. It says, Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. Whose weakness... These, these are the words I really want to concentrate on. I don't know about you, but... I've been feeling a little weak lately. It's, it's, it's been a bit crazy. I've been speaking to some friends and, and some church members that feel a little weak lately. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I need some strength. And maybe you do too. This whole idea of weakness turning to strength. Here's what I believe. I was talking to my friend Dave down at, uh, in Chattanooga and he and I were sharing some thoughts, and here's what he said to me. He said, Sergio, you know what I'm realizing? We are getting to build muscles we didn't have. We're learning new things that we didn't get to know before. <clears throat> In fact, think about this, this, this miracle of technology. Listen, uh, uh, when I was a little boy living in Italy, my dad lived here in the States, and uh, we get to see him once a year, maybe. <laughs> and here's what he would do. Once in a blue moon, he would save up the money so that he would buy uh, a time so that he could record on a 45, a little LP 45. And then he would record his voice and he would tell us months in advance, hey, guess what? I'm going to be sending this to you. My mom would tell us this in months in advance. He would say, look, guess what? Papa is going to send this to us. And we were like all excited about this. We, we were anticipating this moment 
Weeks would go by, months would go by, and then finally the package would come. My mom would sit us all around this table and we would put, out, put on this little record player and then the record would come out, a little 45, it was amazing. And he, she, he, she would put it on. My brothers would know how to use this record player. I was too little, but they put the needle on the record and it would start spinning. And amidst the crackling of the LP, we'd start hearing my dad's voice. Sergio, Papa. And then he would start talking to us, each one of us, in Italian, of course. And it was just like he was right there. And it was amazing to be able to, and we, sometimes we would listen to the record three, four times, six, seven times that same night, and then the next day, and the next day, so that we could hear Papa's voice. I'm thinking, can you imagine if we had Zoom back then, to be able to see Papa's face and to see him and talk to him regularly like we can today. We live in an amazing times today that not even this virus can stop church from going strong. And we must take advantage of it. We are developing muscles that we did not have before. And we're going to take advantage of that. I believe the struggles that we are in today are developing the strengths that we need tomorrow. More than ever in times of crisis, people have needs. So let us help them with their needs. More than ever in times of crisis, people are in turmoil. So let's pray for peace in their lives. More than ever, People have fears, so let's inspire courage in their lives. More than ever, confusion, so let's help them find meaning like they've never found before. More than ever, they're hurting, so let's connect them to the God of all comfort like they've never been connected before. We have an opportunity. I think when the world is at its worst, Christianity can be at its best. And we get that privilege right now. Now, let me reread Hebrews, because it is so powerful. There's something here that we don't want to miss. And it goes like this. Uh, Who through faith conquered kingdoms, all these people of faith that we've been studying about all these weeks, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shot the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose Weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life, and then suddenly, many right here would love to stop right here, but this passage turns dark. Suddenly the text goes Quentin Tarantino on us. All of a sudden, it just, all of, what? What just, what just happened? Watch this. It goes from that amazing stuff into there were others who were tortured, refusing to to, to be released so that they may gain even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sewed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins and destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in desert and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. They were all commended by their fate, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Wow. See, we all just want that first part of this passage. None of us want to experience the second part. And I like to say right now, maybe some of us are experiencing that second part. And because we're in that second part, we're wondering, are we still... Are we still 
in God's favor. And I want you to know right now that we are. And there's no doubt in my mind that we are. In fact, I think it is when we are experiencing that second part of the passage that God is holding on to us even stronger. I love this by C.S. Lewis. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts in our pain. That's in his book, The Problem with Pain. God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts in our pains. And maybe God's trying to shout to us right now. So maybe the way their weakness turned into strength is the way our weakness turns into strength. And maybe this is what the book of Hebrews and certainly the, these final chapters of Hebrews are all about. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12 begins with the word therefore, which therefore means, it continues, <laughs> what chapter 11 is all about, right? Therefore, therefore. And it goes like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you want to talk about social distancing? These people are dead. And yet, here they are, they are cheering us on. Their testimony, this, this cloud of witnesses, these people that have, that have lived these li lives by faith because of, of how they have lived, they're cheering us on. They're waiting for us to be able to live the same life so together with us we can be made perfect with them. That's what the author of Hebrews is saying. It's amazing. And by the way, just, just a little side note, you know, a few weeks ago I had never heard of social distancing. Now it's all I hear. And I think a better term is physical distancing, not social distancing. <laughs> I think social distancing, I, like, like the great cloud of witness, let's, we, we, need, we don't need social distancing. There is zero reason why we can't be closer than ever. This is a time when we need to text each other. This is a time when we need to call each other. This is a time when we need to email each other. This is a time when we need to Zoom and, and Skype each other. This is the time when we need to tell each other, hey, I love you. Hey, I can't wait to shake your hand again. I can't wait to embrace you again. And when this is all said and done, it, it, hopefully what we will remember is not the fact that we were stuck in our houses without toilet paper, but we will remember the great embrace that we had when this was all over. And the moments that we had that we got to shake our friends' hands the moments that we had to be able to see each other in the eyes in 3D again, those, that's what's going to matter. And then he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked for, out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So here is the weakness to strength routine that the author of Hebrews sets out. And it will be on the screen for you here. Number one, he says, throw off everything that hinders. This is a time right now for us to drop our distractions. Some of us are distracted by so many things. Some of them are morally neutral. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But they are distracting us. They're hindering us from our focus on Jesus. And the second thing he says 
is resolve to confess your weakness. It's what he calls the sin that so easily entangles. You know, some of us need to get to the point, and maybe this is a good time when we're alone with our families, to say, God, maybe you've been trying to get my attention all this time, and maybe, God, maybe right now what you're saying to me is, hey, hey, you've got some issues. You've got some brokenness, and that's okay. I love you, but until you admit it, until you confess it, I can't heal it. And then finally, the most important thing is, once we get to that point where we say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, fix our eyes on Jesus. If you were present with me right now, I'd have you repeat. In fact, say it wherever you are. Say, fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the finisher of our faith. In other words, what the author of Hebrews is saying is just like you started, that's how you're going to finish. What would you do it any other way? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Some of us, some of us need to redefine what the finish line looks like. That's the problem. This is a wonderful story that I heard some years ago. It was about a little girl who played t-ball. It's a Bill Harley story. I love this story. T-ball, if you've never heard of it before, uh, like me, uh, this is, it's a precursor to softball. Every kid, five to eight-year-old, could play it. It's like a ball this big and it's on a big tee and it's not pitched, it's just there and you just swing at it and most kids you know, have to swing three times before they can hit it and it usually just kind of bobbles over and kids try to throw it at each other and it's great, you know. It's usually about 17 to 20 kids out in the field. It's, it's, everybody gets to play and everybody has to pass it to each other. It's a wonderful game. And there was this one girl named Tracy that was playing the game. She wore these... Um, uh, like Coke bottle glasses. She had these hearing aids. And uh, she played every week, and she never, ever hit the ball. Never. It was amazing. And then uh, at the end of the season, the final game, and I think it's probably just chance, who knows what happened. It was just a fluke. Somehow, Tracy swung that bat, and that ball flew off that tea in such power and passion that it went by all these players that actually had come in because it was Tracy at bat, of course, and it went right by them all. It's just going right by them all, and, and they're all looking crazy. And there is Tracy at home plate smiling with delight and her glasses on, and everybody is screaming, yes, right? And of course, her coach is going, run, run, Tracy, run. And, and, and she's excited and she starts, she drops the bat and she begins to run and run and run. She goes to first base and the first base coach goes, come on, run, Ray Tracy, run. And she's like, oh, okay. And so she starts running to second base and now everybody is screaming, run. Parents are up. They got their video cameras going. Boy, I can't believe this. Everybody, even the parents from the players on the other team are screaming, run, Tracy, run. R Tracy makes it to third base. It's unbelievable. As she's getting to third base, finally, the other team gets the ball. Seven of them, they start passing the ball to each other because the rule is they all must pass the ball to each other. And now, as the ball begins to make its journey home, Tracy is making her way from third base to home. But as she is making her way from third base to home, suddenly 
an old geriatric dog who came to the games every time awakens. Maybe it was because the crowd was screaming or maybe it was because Tracy was running and he had never seen Tracy run. He gets up, his tail is wagging and he's got a big smile on his face and his tongue is hanging out and he's all excited and, 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 and there is Tracy and she stops midway between third base and home. She's only about 30 feet away from home. And everybody is screaming, run, Tracy, run. And she looks at the dog and she looks at home and she doesn't know what to do. And, and they're all screaming, run, Tracy, run. And in that moment, it was as if it was all slow motion for Tracy. In that moment, two roads diverged and Tracy chose the dog. She ran to the dog and knelt and gave that dog a big hug as the dog began to just slurp and lick and, and kiss her. And now, I will tell you, everyone was in a moment of complete silence, stunned, and then everyone applauded. It wasn't as loud as before, but it was deeper and more heartfelt. As I heard the story, I thought to myself, I hope I do too. When everyone is standing, screaming, Sergio, do more. Sergio, get more. Sergio, do this. Sergio, get this. But just as I pass third base, just as you pass third base, maybe you'll see him. Jesus, smiling, his inviting big eyes. And I hope with all my heart, as I have, you'll find Jesus irresistible. And perhaps you will redefine your finish line. See, here's what I believe. The voices of despair are getting louder. The distractions are getting more enticing. And we need to focus on Jesus. The Bible says... Focus on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. I've had to ask myself these past couple of weeks as I have redefined what my finish line looks like and what it may look like the next couple of weeks. Is Jesus enough to derail me? Is Jesus enough to comfort me? Is Jesus, if the power shuts down, and I have no more internet, and I have no more way to connect, is Jesus enough to sustain me? Will Jesus be enough to heal my brokenness? Is Jesus enough for you? Because here's what, what's the most beautiful aspect of all this. Don't you miss it. You were enough for Jesus. Here's what it says. For this joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You and I were the joy set before him. Man, I got to tell you, that is beautiful. You matter. I matter. We 
the church matter. Let's do all that we can to help this world know that they still matter to God, no matter what hits us. We are in it together. Please know that Nancy and I are praying for you more than you can ever know. We have high hopes for what we can do as we flex our new muscles here. May God bless us as we move forward and look forward to seeing you guys next week. God bless. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this amazing uh, letter to the Hebrews. Thank you for these men and women of faith that were before us, that were weak and you made them strong. Thank you for the promise that out of weakness, you will make us strong. Lord, help us to run with perseverance. Help us, O oh Lord, to keep our eyes fixed on your Son, Jesus Christ. And may we truly make it to the true finish line. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.